Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. show with Bob Valvano is now right here on ESPN 680 and 1057. Say, welcome back. <laughs> Say, welcome back to 1920s radio. <laughs> See? See? There you go. We got, Nick, all Nick, we got, some, we got some lads in here with us. <laughs> we do. <laughs> So you want to tell us who they are and what they're doing here? Oh, well, I'll let them introduce themselves. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's not polite. No, 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 because because people need to know who the voice is like, okay, when they're talking. Okay, that's fair yeah. enough. Go first, Forrest. Um, so I'm Forrest Smallwood. I'm a former national champion at Bellarmine Basketball nice. Program. And uh, right now I run a whiskey company called Hemingway Rye Whiskey with the Hemingway so, hey, family. Say, you moving some hooch. <laughs> so we're moving some hooch. <laughs> Um, I'm connected to the Western Kentucky Distilling Company out in Beaver Dam, and uh, I am here with Chris Blanford. Well, unfortunately, I'll let Forrest go first, so I am not a national champion of any type. Um, other than that, I would say drinking whiskey. I'm a okay. real good professional. But, yeah, I'm Chris Blanford. I am the adult beverage uh, field specialist for Kroger and uh, oh. podcast host for the Firkin Podcast. I get to actually host this great event that actually uh, Forrest asked me to do a couple weeks ago. Which they're going to tell us about right now. What is this little shindig Chris called? is being humble, too, by the way. I mean, he's like – you weed the nation in, like <laughs> – like bourbon I, sales, right? I like, I like to drink a lot. Oh. That's what it is. What you're, you're missing this whole entire thing. I've made it a professional career to do that. Drinking's the devil, see? That's right. Nah, nah, see, if you actually treat it right, see, it's, it's just fine, see? It's the devil's election. <laughs> you guys. Yeah. Wait till Capone gets wind of this. I'm going to go to the rat skelter later. Yeah. Speakeasy. Yeah, nice. You guys are talking awfully loud for what you're involved in. I think it's, that's why they call it a speakeasy. <laughs> I think you should absolutely <laughs> remember. If anybody walks in, we're just here talking about drinking orange. Cheese it, the cops. <laughs> I'll hide this. All right. So, so what is this event coming up here? Let's. Who wants to? Who wants to jump in on that? By yes. the way, could you turn the heat off? Because now we're yeah, roasting. yeah, now yeah. Or turn yeah, the so air back on. Go ahead. We've got a great event coming this Saturday. It is at uh, Bellarmine University. We have Bellarmine's playing EKU. Um, actually, back at Knights Hall. As you know, they play at Freedom Hall, so we're excited to be back on campus. And so what we've done, um, actually myself, I've bought a barrel of whiskey from Green River Distillery out in Owensboro, 10th Otis Distillery in the state of Kentucky. Nice. Um, that, uh, the proceeds of that went back to the Western Kentucky Tornado Relief Fund a couple of years ago. Now that barrel has come to age, and we've donated that barrel to the Bellarmine basketball team. And so we're going to do a two-hour event pre uh, the game 
Starts at 4.30, ends at 6.30. You can buy your tickets at a bright, uh, eventbrite.com. You can Google um, Bellarmine Sip and Swish. You can find your tickets. It's $100 to get in. There's going to be 10 distilleries, Maker's Mark, Beam, Green River, Bargetown Bourbon Company, to say some a uh, few. Uh, a brewery, Goodwood Brewing, is going to be there and some wines. And then Chris here is the number one barrel buyer in the world. And he's going to host an eighth-generation master distiller, Jacob Call, a world-renowned artist, Aaron Kaiser. And then he's going to produce his first uh, season two podcast um, um, episode for next season. What I like is that Forrest made it sound so great of what I'm doing. He did. I'm literally just going to talk Dude, to people while drinking. Dude, what a great hype, man. Like, wasn't that great? That, that was fantastic. Great. It's not that wonderful. I'm just going to drink with Say, so are you trying to pull a fast one on us? How <laughs> yeah, did you buy the barrel twice? What does that mean? You can't buy the same barrel twice. Just keeps buying I think it he's all a goes in the Forrest He might pocket. be a phony. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> I think he's trying to scam us. He is I, trying to scam I, us with his brown go, hooch, Go get too. the buttons. <laughs> Bring some of the buttons in. Back then, that hooch was probably no, a little clearer. How does that work? What do you mean? You bought the barrel? and then you bought it again and uh, what does that mean yeah so when we launched uh green river back uh two years ago we threw an event and, and uh, aaron kaiser which is an artist here um in in kentucky from owensboro he's got um he's got pieces in in the bellagio does his stuff with maker's mark he's world renowned he's a big time artist he does things for in five minutes upside down and flips it. It's wow, really yeah. interactive. And so he painted some barrels, and what we did was a silent auction, and, and uh, we, we uh, bid on a barrel, and you got the whiskey, and, and that the, all the money went back to Western Kentucky to, to help those families that uh, were, were suffering from the tornadoes at the time. And, what and, was painted on that one? Uh, ours that we have is actually a horse. It's got a, it's, <laughs> it's a great figure. I have it in my basement at, at night. Nice. It scares my kids. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's great. It was a great cause, right? And, and anytime that we can interact with the arts and craftsmanship and tells uh, the story of, of uh, master distilling, but also the arts we want to connect it to. And it was an opportunity to do that and also give back. And, and now we're really trying to, to really bring basketball and bourbon together um, as we most folks have not done that in the past they kind of scare away from the universities and, and bourbon and and so for us we're really trying to bring those things together i had a uh, a teacher tell me or a professor once he said i moved to kentucky for basketball and bourbon and, <laughs> nice and, and it two things we do well yeah, yeah two things we do really well that guy, so. was, that guy was teaching world history <laughs> he actually was, he was. <laughs> nice nice yeah and i, I mean to, to preface that of what he's saying the basketball and bourbon um you know I've, I've hosted a couple panels with like university alumni and stuff like that and it is it's huge of what basketball and bourbon can really do and the conversations and um, what bourbon has done for Kentucky and as well as Bellarmine and the distilling industry that it's opened up at the places like University of Kentucky and University right. of Louisville. Um, it's just unbelievable. And then the partner starting with a brand like Green River with a DSP number of 10, like they were the 10th distillery here. That's it's wow. amazing. Um, and then partnering with like Hemingway Whiskey, where you're going to get a little bit of the sweetness coming from that uh, great rye. I mean, to me, when he asked me to do this, this was a no-brainer to get on, and let's uh, have fun. I mean, first off, if anybody asked me to go on something, I was like, hey, we're going to pay you to get up there and just drink whiskey. I like, oh, Can do. Done. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Do you need now, me to talk, too? Now, sure. I don't know much about bourbon, but like I know a few things. Now, you say it's a sweet rye. Rye is typically like a little bit on the spicier side. What, what exactly does that mean? 
Yeah, so the the Green River is a, actually it's a high rise mash build. So the the mash bill in Green River is going to be seventy twenty one nine, and what okay. that is is seventy percent of it's going to be corn, corn right? Twenty one percent is going to be a rye, and then nine percent is malted barley. Twenty one losses and what'd you say? Ten ties. It's a hell of a year. It's a great season. It's a great season. That's, so, that's exactly how I'm going to explain that, bourbon. That's right. <laughs> so the, you know, listen, this is a, it's a great whiskey. Um, you know, I continue to work with master distiller Jacob Call. His dad, uh, you know, dates back to. 1791, a year before wow. Kentucky was a state. We actually have uh, some dealings that they have uh, a, a legal dealing with Elijah Craig at the time, owned oh, wow. 13 fermenters, 175 gallon steel. So we're just telling oh, that gosh. story. And, and he revived this brand. So, you know, for us, it's, it's talking about giving back to the community. And, and what a better person than and Coach Davenport that's really giving back to the Highlands area, to Bellarmine University, and taking it to the next level, to Division One, and, and bringing the alumni together. So this is a celebration of that right and and was a perfect combination of two brands with where they are today and and where they have come from and and so it's great but again what chris is saying and and the people that we're going to have at this event and the distillers that are going to be there you know makers is coming they're doing custom screen print for everyone that's coming out so this is going to be a really fun atmosphere uh hemingway whiskey and rye whiskey that we're a part of now number one rye whiskey in the world by whiskey advocate so we've got some really really good thank you and with some really good taste partners that'll be there um, but this guy right here he's a celebrity in, 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 in the whiskey world and so to him to lead the pack and to bring everybody there <laughs> he says he feeds you alcohol but listen his palate that works that's a good that's a good system you know we we all know the the bourbon and beyond and Chris is a, a big reason why bourbon and beyond is is a, such a big event in Kentucky so we're excited to have him be a part of it and and uh this would be kind of our first year of many to come of of a bellarmine basketball and a bourbon event say you boys i thought bourbon had to be made from corn not rye well actually I it's mean, i'll let them explain yeah. it there, there are certain yeah, specifications well, this one says bourbon right on the label say are you trying to pull one on us see what is this you know see if it's over 51 percent corn see it can be called bourbon see and then you can actually have a little bit of rye and then uh, how much is, how guy. much rye is in this Twenty-one percent. Ah, I can't. Well, re- I drink so much whiskey, I can't remember all of them. So, but it just has to be fifty-one percent corn, right? That's and then, yes, and then the, the rest you can have some fun with. Yeah. So then, then you can go through and like call it a high rye if it has a little bit more rye grain That's, and it's going to have any malt so or anything like that. Is that this is by um, uh, what sort comparison is what I'm looking for? By comparison, this has a high percentage of rye compared to mm-hmm. uh, other ones because I do know yeah. that's a that's a. It's hard for me. I'm not a well-versed uh, liquor person, but I'm in, I'm intrigued by. It. Like I went, this is I hope it doesn't sound heresy in this part of the world, but sorry, sh- nobody's listening. I went to the Bacardi factory and they sell rum. What? Sorry. <laughs> oh, this man outside with guns. Say, say. You know, it's really sweet. I, but I it was very it. fascinating to me that whole process, how they built their company. By the way, it's also supposed to be pronounced Bacardi. Bacardi. Oh, you know what? Yeah. I've been in alcohol a long time, and nobody's ever corrected yeah. me. Bacardi. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Bacardi. The family, it's Bacardi. But huh. they were talking like, that. They, I was fascinated to see how they have tinkered with their various 
products as well and what percentage of things go in there and how it impacts it. And frankly, the, what I'm getting to in the question is people want that, don't they? They mm-hmm. kind of want you to, to, to mix and mingle, for lack of a better word, to get different flavors. Yeah, I think the main thing with bourbon and uh, what we're seeing now within the last 10 to 12 years is like this bourbon wall. You know, let's say 15 years ago, you walk in and you're talking four, six, eight foot sections, not a lot. Um, and your, your basics, your Jim Beams and stuff, the great whiskeys of the world out there. But now you have this huge eclectic brand. There's so many different types. And I think there's still this stigma of like you just look at the wall and all that brown whiskey tastes the same. It, and it does it, not. It doesn't. Does yeah. not. It doesn't at all. And actually, Even I just know recently that. did a barrel select not long ago. And every one of the barrels was the same distillate on the same day filled in the same barrels and they were all sitting next to each other on the same rickhouse for the last six years just went there and actually tasted it and not any one of those barrels tasted this yeah, it's, it's like incredible. we can explain the science behind it but you can't explain why that taste comes out so different right mm-hmm. um because it was all the same wood it was, it's just it's a great uh if you're into history and you like being a little yeah, like well, chemistry nerd and then you can't explain it it's a lot of you fun. wore you wore <laughs> back rd down there in the they're in the bourbon business now, too. Angel's Envy is their yes, brand. Yes, they are. So, yes, yeah. And that's a big distillery around here, a big, beautiful, gorgeous distillery yeah, so, around I here. So, I mean, you know, you've won the world over with your uh, with your love for bourbon. Who, now, I know you said Makers is going to be there. Who are some of the other distilleries? You said there's 10 at the event, right? Yes. Yeah, so wow, we really put them on the spot. You should yeah. make sure he well, knows the answer to know before you ask 10, him. But just, you because know, it's so perfect luck. Number nine on the list. <laughs> number nine on the list is listening. Yeah. And he goes through the first eight, and he goes, uh, I don't remember the other two. And that guy screams. Screaming at the radio, you Hopefully, son of a! Hopefully, his phone doesn't freeze as he pulls them all yeah. up. No, so we we've got some really good ones. So uh, we've got Maker's Mark, Bourbon Pursuit, Chicken Cock, Hemingway Whiskey, Bar- Barstown Bourbon Company, Green River, Beam, Papa's Pilar, Nulu Whiskey, God, oh Buzzard's my. Roost, and Blueprint. We also have Goodwood Brewing coming and oh, nice. Shaw Ross Wine. So nice. a little bit for everybody. Love their um, Louisville Lager. It's one of my yeah. favorite beers. We yes, actually gave the uh, the one of the barrels that this came out of, uh, when, once they dumped this and, and started putting it in bottles, we gave them the uh, whiskey barrel. And so they're going to have a nice. A, a nice stout that comes out of that, too. So. That would be fun. And you like mentioned that. Angel's Envy, you know, the, like Bacardi and, and all of that. Obviously, this is such a big industry. You see all those players really getting... Yeah, getting said, involved, which we, is we going to get left behind. But but the question of that is, at some point, is there a fear of a shakeout? I mean, I listen. I'm, it's wonderful that it's great for our economy, but how? I mean, how many different brands can survive? I mean, I, I won't go too too deep into it, but I think that um, you know, first off, history always repeats itself, but we also can learn from our past mistakes, and I think that is one thing that our industry has learned from our past mistakes is we aren't just putting out just a brown spirit that there's innovation now to this where mm. there are single barrel programs there are finishing programs there are different types of cocktails you can make it's become um it's become bigger than it always was so as I always it say, used to be a part caboose. of an industry now it's become its own industry. its own its own thing i mean yeah it was just a spirit i mean whiskey was huge but then it became known to kind of in the 70s or so as this is what your dad drank and no one wanted to drink what their dad drank and then True. back in the early 2000s or so, there was this just boom. And uh, <clears throat> we weren't really prepared for it in Kentucky for everybody to start drinking. But uh, we've gotten to it. <laughs> um, and it's, it's an interesting endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. and then, <laughs> we weren't prepared. But, you know, what's great now is that you're seeing uh, 
shelves are, are starting to get full of whiskey again, of tons right. of different types of brands, and you can cut your teeth on every type of great American brand, like your Beams and Hemingways and stuff like that, and then still find some really awesome hidden gems with like the new great guys of Pursuit coming out with their yeah. uh, great. I don't their think this undermines so what awesome. you're doing, but since since we're 1920s, man, you know, and yeah, sure. certainly Al Capone. I mean, we need to. We certainly need to talk time, about Mr. Perfect Capone, time say, for prohibition. Did you know what his favorite uh, whiskey was supposedly? What is that? Little, tri- little trivia question for you. It's, it was called Templeton Rye. Templeton Rye. It was made in Templeton, Iowa. It's currently made right now in Lawrenceburg, Indiana. That's right. It's an MGP the, product. How about that? Yeah. Say, you boys better watch out that night. They may come over there with baseball bats yeah. and put, a, <laughs> put an end to your fracas. Templeton Rye has a really cool, like, a uh, little squatty bottle, too. They like do? Oh, nice. Just kind of, like, fits in your hand. Kind of, like, no, like no, perfect. That could be a little bit. Yeah, that's how I actually go through and, like, rate my whiskey. Does it fit perfectly? So right. Like, like if I could just Lego hand it, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, why why dirty dishes? <laughs> Lego hand it. Like, I don't want to do any dishes. No, no, not at all. It's like, just drink it out of the bottle. There you go. Well, eliminates the middleman. That's right. Well, tell us about the one more time yeah, I was just going to say, well, Doug, I've trained you well. You never let well, them go without getting another well, yeah. plug. Yeah, I've got to mention it's an awesome event. Sip and swish. One more time. Yeah, well, you can find us on Eventbrite. It is called the Bellarmine Sip and Swish. It's going to be 10 distilleries, uh, breweries, wine, uh, some free food. We actually have an eighth-generation master distiller, the number one barrel buyer in the world, Chris Blanford, going to host his first uh, episode of season two of his podcast. And uh, come enjoy some music and, and some good tasting whiskey and, and wine and spirits. Might help if you tell them where it is. It is at Bellarmine University, four thirty to six thirty at, at nights. It's Saturday. It's and not in not in nights hall. Nope, it's, it's Fraser. at Fraser Hall. Yeah, yeah. Before the basketball game, get your tickets for the basketball game first, and it is a whiteout that game. So they're playing Eastern Kentucky. A whiteout, not a wideout. So don't bring your fat friends. That's yeah, not what they mean. The not yeah, white. I was white. <laughs> Me too. I was like, wow, this is going to be great. Well, I'm not allowed to be there for us. <laughs> we sat, we have special seats for. Oh white. man! Let you off the hook. Yeah. He was, there we go. And one more time, where can we find your uh, your podcast? Yeah, it's, it's called the uh, Firkin Podcast. You can actually go to thefirkinpodcast.com. Um, you actually follow me on Kroger Chris Picks, where we go through and uh, kind of say everything that we're doing, not only on my podcast, as well as uh, awesome stuff in stores. So, no, wait, so I want to go back to this because I'm so uneducated. I learned when I was young, it's okay. You can ask a stupid question. They Never won't be rude questions. to your face. They'll go out in the hall and say, what a jackass. I don't know, man. I could be. So what did you say he is? He's the number one what buyer? The number one single barrel buyer in the world. Meaning single barrel, different types of single barrel. Okay, I just wanted to make sure it didn't actually mean the barrels it's itself. Not that, yeah, that's not like I just have a whole like, barrel. warehouse. He's got a whole bunch of barrels. One barrel. that one. How, many, yeah. how many do you want? We'll give you a deal on two. No, yeah. no, I only buy no. one. I'm a single barrel <laughs> yeah. buyer. Yeah, I don't so, have a. I don't have this like hidden warehouse in Kentucky of a bunch of barrels. It's just not exist. Single barrel. sure. If anybody's so you, listening, you, you cannot buy, find that in anywhere you, near me. You buy single barrels for your for Kroger. Yeah, yeah. So I actually do it. I have a. I have a brand called Kroger Chris Picks. It's just something if I nice. If I just really, really like it, I release my logo to it. And it really, uh, you know, taste is subjective. Wow. So, you know, hopefully that you like something. And yeah. then hopefully you'll go back and you'll see when my logo's on something that is just something that you might enjoy too. Well, but they're, and they're all single barrels. Uh, yeah, yeah. Kind of, I mean, I, I do a little bit of everything. I do whiskey, beer, wine, spirit. I like anything with alcohol now that I'm thinking about it. 
about it. Rub My man. Yeah. See, that's, that's, we should party. <laughs> he's being humble. People line you, up for his whiskey. I don't think I want you to play with him anymore. No, he's fun. <laughs> <laughs> you can already tell. <laughs> Say, you kids are going to get yourself in trouble. You lads are going to be. Story of my life. You'll be, what's this? What, what, have they referred to jail? In, in uh, we'll be doing a bit up in Sing Sing. No, no but there was no. another term they used. Oh, you know, it. next time I'm coming, I'm coming prepared. My man. I'm coming full prepared. Oh, the FCC. Got, <laughs> no, the outfit on. You got to have the hat with the press on oh. it. The thing oh, yeah, with, press, with the little yeah. thing sticking oh, out. Oh, I have one. You have a 1920s hat? I, ha- I had, you know, wild hats here in uh, <laughs> Boris you, know, <laughs> you know, wild hats here in uh, Louisville. It's yeah, a yeah. local haberdashery. I had one made, and it's Did like you really? this nice flat bill, black, classic, like 1920s. Does, it doesn't style say hat. press, though. Does it, it doesn't say press, but I could clearly get that. Oh, oh right that's there. fantastic. Like, like we could, for, for this, if you have me on again. Well, that's I'll a add good. It. Uh, 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 Tucker brings a good point up. What? That uh, somebody should have a monocle. Oh, yeah, that's something. Helps. Try and find oh, something that was in the 20s that no time. Which made no sense to me, too, by the way. How, how would that help you? <laughs> just know, one eye. Just you, like, you know, <laughs> drinking and then with a monocle. And, and is, that, is that high? Is that low? I mean, oh, you're yeah. trying no, to. No, your depth perception would just be. Yeah, it would like be crazy. Awful. explains why the life expectancy well, was only know, in the I, 50s. I, speaking of monocles, I learned something new the other day just because I found that this was interesting. So, did you know on pirate ships, they always thought that, like, you wear a patch? Yes. Because like there was a problem with their eye, they actually didn't do that because they're all on, um, they're all on the water all the time. It's bright, it's sunny. Yeah. So when they're out, they have to be able to see. So when they go into the deck below, they can't see. So they switch that patch to the good eye, so they can immediately kind of have like, wow. Huh. What do we want so, to know Wednesday? Yeah, look at that. We yeah. went, we went from twenties to, to pirates. Now we this can talk like pirates. To do. Yeah. Next I'm, time you come on, we'll only talk do like pirate show. We'll I'm only down. do pirate no, show. No, that's a good one. Rum. We can do rum then. Yeah, yeah. We'll do the rum. Just do show a rum there. show. There we go. Rub it. Look at this. Papa's Polar Rum with pirates. You guys have an awesome, awesome event this weekend. One more time. Where can we find the stuff? It's going to be eventbrite.com, and you're going to go in the search ad and go to Bellarmine Sip and Swish. Bellarmine Sip and Swish. Awesome event. Guys, best of luck this yeah, weekend. Thanks, thanks for, for stopping by. by. Thank Do you guys for having us. For sure. All right. Hey, we got legs on the other side. All right. Well, we got legs. Say. Say. She's got, got serious scams. That tomato had serious scams, I tell you. We'll do that next. ESPN 680-1057. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is... With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. You're listening to The V Show here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Now, here to Bobby V. <laughs> well done. Well done. Good music. Could have had a little bit more swing to it. You can't really do the Charleston. 
Tim Legler, who probably already thinks we're insane, now is, thinks we've completely lost our Also, mind. sorry, we're running tell me, yeah, we, uh, we, on we, air. we, we got to We had apologize. a guest in studio, Tim. We went a little late. But he brought us a bottle of bourbon, so it's a good trade-off, right? I think. I don't know. Maybe yeah, like uh, okay. It's worth it, then. It's worth it. Yeah, I mean. That, that, yeah. And Jay Billis was with us for a while, yeah, too. So now, what are you, making it feel even worse? Like, oh, by the way, we got you in for a few minutes because we had a guy bringing booze and we talked to Billis. What is that? You don't do well, that. Well, just say it. Like, you know. <laughs> Can't do that. Hey, Tim, I, I really did, was looking forward to speaking with you for a lot of reasons, one of which is the trade deadline you know, came and went, and, and we've got uh, the All-Star game coming up, and now you pretty much have enough games in the book, you, you have an idea of you know, who's who, but you also have some new lineups with some trades being made. Did, the, pa- did the, 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 the balance of power shift at all in your mind after the trade deadline, and how do you see it now, and if it is different, how is it different? I think some teams closed the gap uh, in in the Western Conference, and I think so with the with the top team, meaning Denver. I, I think Denver's the barometer out there. That's just the measuring stick. I think teams closed the gap with them, and I think in the Eastern Conference, I think what's happened is the struggles of the Bucks and the injury to Joel Embiid has sort of created this opportunity mm. for some other teams to thrust themselves into the mix as legitimate like Eastern Conference contenders, meaning. You know, potentially make a run to the conference finals at least, and that's Cleveland and New York. So, so I do think that you have seen a shift in the number of teams now that we're talking about that legitimately could make a deep run. And you know, and some of the pieces are small. You know, like Phoenix, even adding Royce O'Neal, I think that's significant. I just think he's a guy they're going to trust more uh, than a Kogi in, in big spots. They both guard about the same, but Royce O'Neal is going to think it'll be a more trusted corner shooter. So, like, a little move like that, I thought Dallas did a great job picking up Gafford, um, you know, giving them that additional presence in the middle. P.J. Washington, I think, was an upgrade over what they were getting out of Grant Williams. So, I think Dallas is, like, better. And now they're, like, in the mix, I think, in the Western Conference. Oklahoma City added Gordon Hayward. You know, I know the guy's hurt a lot, but he's about to come back. And if he can stay healthy, I just think that's a really significant veteran piece to a young team. Um, Nick's added a couple guys in Burks and Bogdanovich. They got deeper. There's more options there offensively where you're not worried about, you know, Julius Randle having a bad night because you in a playoff game because you've got more guys that can score. Patrick Beverly to the Bucks. I think that addresses some of their perimeter defensive needs. So everybody, everybody sort of tweaked it. And I think the biggest winner probably was New York. And then I would put Dallas probably right behind them. Let's talk about New York for just a second because I'm a New Nick fan, of course, and we've lived through some ups and downs and, frankly, a good number of downs. But they had a little momentum going here. You're not old enough to remember. But uh, I, I look at the Ananobi trade a little bit like when I was a kid, and I was a kid kid, that the Knicks had – after they were terrible for years and years and years and years. And now they finally got a little momentum. They were playing a little bit better, and they traded Walt Bellamy and, and Howard Comives to the Detroit Pistons to get Dave DeBuscher, who And the Pistons were the dregs of a very small league at that time. And so we were a little depressed. Like, hey, they're finally winning now, and why are you trading these two guys to get him? And then he came in, and they became, a, 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 for five years, a really, really – Tremendous team, and he was a very, very big part of that. Now, they didn't complement that necessarily with trades like they just made now for Bogdanovich and, and the like. But the fact of the matter is, it was a move that at the time you kind of shook your head a little. They were playing really well, you thought, and then they made it. And then you saw almost immediately the, 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 the benefits of that. They went on that tremendous winning streak. But now he's out. 
you still got Randall out, so we don't know how it's going to work when they're back in there together. They got the other two guys in that they're trying to incorporate into the lineup. Was that fool's gold, that winning streak, or have we not even seen the best that this team can be because we can't even get all the pieces together? No, that's the great thing about this situation for them. You got a taste of it, and they're going to be better than that. And that's 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 what's kind of you know fun to think about for the Knicks. In the meantime, you got to deal with this these injuries. I mean, they're decimated right now. They also Divincenzo now has heard who has been just absolutely on fire. I mean, he's he has been playing so far above his career norm offensively. It's almost like can't believe what you're watching. The guy's been averaging about 25 points a game for a stretch here. Um, and he's typically been, you know, in that 10 to 12 point a game range. Um, he's got a lot of freedom there. He's been playing right now. He's hurt. Mitchell Robinson is still out. So they, they're not even close to getting their full team together. They haven't really seen it. And now that's going to be the challenge, I think, for Thibodeau, is, is how are you going to be able to manage all of that and keep guys in rhythm and make sure that, you know, guys are happy with the minutes because they're, they're really deep. That might be the deepest team in the Eastern Conference with guys that expect to and should play and could play rotational minutes on, on just about any team. You've now got to figure that out. And by the way, also in the mix for those minutes is Precious Achua, mm. who a lot of people thought was a throw-in mm. in the trade to get Ananobi. Well, he's a lot more than that, and I, I've, I've known that. I've been high on him. And you're seeing it now in New York. If you're a Knicks fan and you've been watching what Precious that you is doing, you're thinking to yourself, well, how are we going to play Randall, Bogdanovich, and Achua? All those minutes, in addition to playing Mitchell Robinson and Hartenstein, that's five guys wow. in the front court, right? That's a lot of guys that all deserve to play because they all do things to affect the game. But Achua has been just tremendous for them. And so these are, these are difficult decisions. You know, every coach will say, yeah, it's a good problem to have. More guys, I get it, but the real reality of it is, you actually like to have it laid out where you got your your definite eight, and then you stretch it to nine, and then rarely do you get to ten. And they got more than that. Yeah, they're going to need to play, so they got to figure that out. Look, that's Tom's problem, and and we're going to see. But that I know this, they have alleviated some of the pressure on Julius Randle to be great game after game in the playoffs because I think it's been something that's bothered him in the past. And it was just Brunson and Randall as your main guys driving the offense. I know Brunson's going to be great. I have no doubt. But Randall's the guy you wonder about. Well, you just went out and you got some insurance policies against that happening by adding some really good offensive players. And I think that's the luxury now that the Knicks have going forward. So many players. Maybe they should start a JV team. That might work. That gets gets. There you go. Not bad. Some run. No, you're, you're, I, I, I do. You know, that's how fans are by nature. They tend to see the 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 love these, uh, you know, the cloud in every silver lining rather than the other way around. And so you're right. But that is the NBA. You played in it. You've covered it a long time. You know, and you wonder if all those minutes. Forget about just keeping guys happy. Can you create a cohesion? Can they play yeah. well enough together? And and I guess we don't know the answer to that, but because they've been struggling no. now, they've lost last last yeah. four. But my God, they've been a skeleton team of themselves of late. So yeah, they've had they had nobody out there last night against against a good Magic team, by the way. That's five games over five hundred, and, and they've got a, a young star in, in Palo Banquero, and you know he had a big night last night. And they've I think they've beaten the Knicks all three times this year. Um, you didn't have anybody out there. I mean, Brunson did his normal thing, but you're, you know, in this league, you know, a lot of nights you're going to have to get to 120 points just to be in the game. That's what the league looks like now. Right. And, and you just, they just don't have the firepower right now with all these guys out. So 
Nobody, I think, in the league is more happy, is happier to see All-Star Weekend coming and the break that they're going to get than the New York Knicks. Yeah, Tim Legler's with us here from ESPN. I got to ask you, I, I, you know, I'm like, I'm a fan as well as a, you know, former coach, and 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 so I appreciate the the subtleties of basketball. But I like a, 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 as a fan, I much prefer watching them go up and down rather than the the bludgeoning that went on in the '80s, where the games were 79, 75, you know, and and you were allowed to basically maim cutters. I don't think that's basketball, but I'm not sure I'm digging the 140 to 135 games all the time. It just, it, it it's, I don't know. It just strikes me as the first quarter now looks almost completely irrelevant. It's just, I mean, it's tough. And I'm wondering where you think the game is going and how much of it is, because I did this, and as a shooter, you'd appreciate this. I mean, some of it is not so much that, well, they're just not guarding anybody anymore. I went back and did the math. If you made all the three-point shots, two-point shots, I mean, the games are still higher than they were in the, you know, the, the bludgeoning games of the 80s, but they're not ridiculous. You're getting games that are about, you know, 118 to 112 or something like that because the, the, the amount of three-point shooting that's going on is making literally a 20-point difference in games, 25-point difference between the two teams. So, um, yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, I look, I look at it like this. I mean, for me, I'd be honest with you, I find it a little bit monotonous Yes, at, at times. I, I do because, I you know, I watch games – Sometimes, and I just can't believe the number of consecutive possessions that a, in which a three-point shot is taken after one pass. Yes, and and, and you know it's, it's just everybody everybody can shoot it whenever they want to shoot it. And look, I will say this: so the rules help because it's much more difficult to, to, to have contact on on good offensive players. And just think about it: if you got great offensive talent unimpeded. Yeah, they're, they're going to be able to do things, and the numbers are going to go up. That's, that's part of it. The number of three-point shots is part of it. But I will say this. The one thing I, I don't think there's any denying, there are more really highly skilled shot makers than we've ever seen. Like There are so many guys now on rosters hmm. that are capable of getting their own shot or capable of making deep shots. So the talent level, as far as just shooting, is better than it's ever been. There's, there's no question about that. But I do find the game some nights to be monotonous. And that's why when you get a game, you know, that's 108, 104, or we had a 100 to 98 game recently, Denver and Boston, which was just, it felt like a finals game. What was on the line, how hard guys were playing. And also, by the way, they swallowed the whistle that night. They let guys bang in the post. They let, they let there, there be a little bit more hand checking on the perimeter. I'm a fan of that. That's that's kind of what the league looked like when I played. That's all I really knew yeah. was like that, that level of contact on both ends. So I'm kind of a fan of it. I agree. We don't want it to be where you, you know, it's a felonious assault every time you get to the rim. <laughs> you know, I agree with that. But somewhere in the middle probably is is the better balance, and that is where we will get when we're in the playoffs. It won't be. You know, everybody thinks, oh, the game slows down the playoffs. All of a sudden, it's 90-88. That's not true. It's going to be faster than it used to be in the playoffs. But it'll be it'll be significantly more impactful possession by possession than it is in a regular season right now. So that, that's that's about the good news. If you're a more of a basketball purist that liked it the way it was before, you'll get more of that as we get closer to the postseason. I want to talk about Cleveland for one second before I go into some other things because sure. Donovan Mitchell's there and he's our guy. And you said you thought I think you mentioned they were one of the teams you like what they did at the break. They're thirty six and seventeen. They're the second best team in the East now. Uh, what are their? What's their prognosis to get to the Eastern Finals? Win the Eastern Finals? How good are they? Yeah, they're 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 a they're a legitimate like conference finalist looking team to me. Boston's better than anybody in the Eastern Conference, and it's just the way it is. And so you have to 
you'd have to somehow, some way, have guys just play better than some of their guys in a series or outplay them in some way, or they don't play well. If you just line up and both teams play close to their ceiling, Boston's the best team in the Eastern Conference. So it almost looks like the conversation then revolves around what teams could you see possibly getting to that round and playing the Celtics in the conference finals. Um, now that would mean ending up as a two seed. That that's probably where you would have to get um, to be able to do that. To sure you don't have to see them or two three. You don't have to see them until you get to the conference finals. I think Cleveland can do that. Here's why I like them so much. We just talked about the defense and the scoring. Yeah, you know, they just had a streak which they went fifteen and one, uh, and they won fifteen games in a little in a little over like a month and a half. And they were giving up in those games twelve of those wins. 102 points or less. And the reason that, that I use that number, the lowest scoring team in the NBA averages 107. So, so you're tough. And then it's like 108, 109. Those are like the three of the worst teams in the league. I think it's like Portland, San Antonio, maybe Charlotte. These, I mean, real bottom feeder teams. That's the average for those teams, 107 to 110. Mm. Cleveland just had 12 wins where they held teams to 102 points or less. Mm. The fact that they can, they can guard you the way they need to because they've got two bigs that are just really impactful with Jared Allen and Mobley. Like, they're versatile. They cover ground. They, they're they committed to it. They, they want to play defense. They're good communicators. And then they've got, offensively, they've got three different breakdown guards, a big-time closing-type player in Mitchell. But then they've got all these shooters. they got four or five guys that just tow up the line all night and just let it fly when they get space. So they've got good balance in what they do offensively, but the good thing about them is they don't have to make shots on a given night to beat you. They can have a rough night. I mean, Donovan Mitchell can have, you know, a 9-for-24 night, and they can win mm. because they're, they're, commit, they're competing on the other end every trip, and that is what kind of separates them. Boston can do that, too, but Boston doesn't do it as often because they're going to get to 125, 130 a lot right. of nights. They don't have to put their foot on the gas on that end. Cleveland, it's a little harder for them to get to those gaudy numbers, so they have to clamp down, and they do it. The Bucks aren't very good defensively at all. Philadelphia without Embiid is a completely different team. The Knicks, now they play D. So you got the Knicks and Cleveland are very similar in that way, and then you got Boston who does it in spurts. But it's so good offensively, it doesn't matter. That's basically what you have now at the top of the East. Like a second-round series between the Knicks and the Cavs would feel about as close to 90s basketball as you can find. Mm, pretty good. Last question before I let you go. You brought them up, Milwaukee, Doc Rivers, who, like many, I have a great deal of respect for, but that's a difficult task to be thrown in the middle of a year with a team that has not shown much interest in playing defense all year and say, okay, now turn them into a team where defense is going to be an asset rather than a liability. They haven't shown much, if any, improvement yet, but is that fair to, to say, or can they make some – it's not very long a break, but can they make a significant difference over, over um, the All-Star game break where maybe some of the principles can be implemented? What do you see as their biggest problems, and are they fixable on the defensive end? Yeah, I mean, it's, you think it's tough to be a player and, and like switch teams midseason. It's significantly more difficult as a head coach. You come into a situation where these guys have been doing something a certain way since like September and and now you come in and even with all your experience like you've got some ideas on stuff but you're on the fly like you don't even have practice days in the NBA anymore you know it, you used to be like you practiced on, day, on in between games and you taped up and you went after it you scrimmaged and you went through all that stuff 
now it's all about preserving legs. Like that's all the league cares about is preservation of legs. So you don't do a lot. So to even get on the court and implement anything you want to do takes a lot of time to be able to get anything. And so for, for Doc right now, his head's kind of spinning. You know, he's coached against these guys. He knows some of these guys. But to actually be able to say, okay, this is what we're going to do differently, and now we're going to go out we're going to execute it because we've had time to look at it in film and walk through on the court and practice it and live scrimmage it, that all takes a lot of time in the NBA anymore. So I think it will make a difference. I, I think the main difference, honestly, that he's going to make is it's not like he's going to reinvent defense for this team. And they were a really good defensive team when they won the championship. They already know how to do it. They've gotten into this trade basket mentality mm-hmm. that a lot of teams in the league suffer from. And I think he's got to change that, first of all, make it more of a priority. But then more than anything, Doc Rivers can talk to those guys in a way, in a film session or a walkthrough, that I just think Adrian Griffin was going to have a hard time mm-hmm. because he's a first-time head coach. Mm-hmm. And So the accountability factor, Doc Rivers – He's going to be able to bring that out in these guys. And I think it, you're not talking about completely like transforming them. You're talking about can we make you guys just like 8% better right. in terms of contested shots and, and securing defensive rebounds and multiple efforts on the same possession. That's all you're talking about, tweaking it to get more out of it. And if you could do that, they've got enough offense to, to, to win the whole thing. So that's really the challenge for Doc. But, I, I mean, you've got to give them – you got to give him a month, six weeks. You got to give him time before it really feels like he's been able to have an impact. Yeah, I think that's uh, certainly fair and logical. No question about that. We got to run legs. I thank you. It's always a pleasure when you join us. We appreciate it, and you stay well. And hopefully, we'll catch up with you after the All Star break. Thanks so much. Yeah, definitely will. My pleasure. Love right. coming on. Yeah, you got he's, he's good. We liked him, and he likes coming on. Apparently, even though we're silly and goofy sometimes. Um, you know what else we do is we like to tell you about products we believe in, and one of which is uh, our friends at the Bath Authority. If your bath or shower is old, outdated, has mold, mildew, broken tiles, I, please, the, just the thought of that, my head gets me a little bit, <laughs> a little bit sick. <laughs> you, need, you, need a, you need a new bathroom, pal. <laughs> and the people to call about that are our friends at the Bath Authority. They give you the highest quality bathroom remodeling products along with the world-class customer experience. Their modern, durable tubs and showers are designed with an exclusive high-tech polymer liner. What that means to you is it'll be low-maintenance, resistant to mold and mildew, easy to clean, and it'll last for decades. Plus, it comes with a lifetime warranty. That's a company that believes in their product. Walk-in tubs, replacement showers, tub-to-shower conversions, and more. Every unit is custom-built. You pick the premium accents and accessories, including safety features like low-profile <laughs> low showers, Grab bars and shower seats. All Bath Authority products 100% made in the USA. Boom! And can be installed in as little as one day by certified factory technicians. Call today and you'll get $1,000 off a new shower or bath plus 36 months of interest-free financing. And that's uh, all at Bath Authority. You are their priority at the Bath Authority. Elevate your bathroom to a new level of luxury, style, and safety. Schedule your free home in-home estimate today and get $1,000 off a new shower or bath, plus 36 months of interest-free financing. That's all at the Bath Authority. Check them out at thebathauthority.com. A better bath awaits. We haven't had time to mention this, but we've got to because many of you, I probably have not seen it, and I think it's laugh-out-loud funny. It's fantastic. Those of you who didn't see the story. What is this? Detroit Mercy ended their 
Uh, oh, I yeah. You oh, did. in 27. We didn't mention it, right? No, we didn't. But you showed it to me. Oh, it's fantastic. my God. It's hilarious. They win. They beat uh, the last team they beat, which is IUPUI Fort Wayne. They beat them in the their conference tournament last year. They're having a rough year, too. Fort Wayne's like 6-21. and 21. But they win at home. They had been 0-27. They had been one of only two winless teams. So they win. The game ends. And one fan, literally one fan, stormed the court. <laughs> It was fantastic. Just one. He, he just walks out. He didn't even run. He kind of walks out to the middle of the we court. We did it. And puts his hands over his head and looks around like, anybody going to join me? And they were like, nah, we're good. But that was quality. That was, it was, I don't know, it, I, it, I, whether it was planned or spontaneous, or but it makes for a great visual. If you go to ESPN.com, you can see it there. One fan storming the court. out there and just the, yay! We did it! Good for him. That's great. Uh, I've actually called a game there. They uh, used to have some really good teams. They've fallen off. Detroit Mercy? Times. Yeah. Used to be you, Detroit. Now they made I didn't know they were – it's called the Dick Vitale Court, too. Well, they did now because he was the coach there. Yeah, I didn't know that. But they turned out some players. My hero, one of my heroes for the 69-70 championship Nick teams, Dave DeBusher, played there. Yeah. I did one game there on TV, and the day I was there, they were honoring Dave DeBusher. He had passed away, and they were posthumously – retiring his number or something and his family was there and i got to meet his son peter who grew up on long island like i did and it was nice it was very very cool it's a cool place keegan michael key from uh key and peel also went there i just found that out oh really some famous alums david busher keegan michael key tiger woods no he went to stanford for the west yeah Yeah, a little bit tigers one under after nine i like how i answered that like or like earnestly that should be a character like earnest man Ernest man who doesn't like, he doesn't get jokes. Well, that's kind of Billy Simpleton to a degree. Just like no, no, no. See, he played at Stanford. He, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's his, a good point. His roommate was Noda Begay. <laughs> no, he didn't Bob. play at Detroit Mercy. No, Bob, you're wrong. He went to a complete different school. <laughs> he was not even. Not, he who should even, we call that character? Besides, Ernest man. besides Ernest. his well, name should be Ernest or Bob, like you or, know, uh, or yeah, maybe your grandma. Yeah, Ernest. No, his name be Ernest. Thank you, Ernest. Thank you, Ernest. There you go. You're Ernest. welcome. I'm glad to help because, by golly, I enjoy the golfers. <laughs> I enjoy the golf. All right. Um, tomorrow's Fast Break Friday. Nick won't be here. Are you going to be manning the controls? Oh, we've got uh, Tonga here. That'll be exciting. You guys be safe. Thanks to all our guests. So many of them. Hey, Willie Rebeau's dad went to you, Detroit. Another old one. What Come a on. day we're having. See you tomorrow. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store.